Hello, everyone. I'm back. It feels good to be recording today, more so having the energy to actually record. And I feel like I say this a lot, but I actually have a valid excuse and life update for you guys. I decided to light a candle, really get into the mood, so I can just have a calm and collected conversation today. And really just update you guys on my life. And more importantly, what I went through these past couple of weeks. Or what I've been going through these past couple of weeks. Now, if you follow me on social media, which is like Instagram, Facebook, which you probably do. uh, You would know some of the story of that. The fact that I had appendicitis. And the fact that I had to get surgery to remove my appendix. That... I have, I am now two weeks out. I am recovering. I'm doing well. It has been a journey. I'm still on the journey, but I think I want to talk about some things as far as like my experience with it, as far as how do you know or like what made me go. I feel like that's kind of like the number one question I've been getting asked from this experience is like, how did you know to go uh, or that you were experiencing that? And then also like what the recovery has been for myself and maybe some things that I've also been struggling with or kind of going through lately. So yeah, I don't know. They say this was a pretty common thing or this is a common thing to happen. But honestly, I was quite shocked by how many people I actually didn't know who have gone through this. Uh, I have like one relative in my life that has had this experience and then I didn't really know anyone as far as friends that have gone through this and also like as an adult so appendicitis and and actually like having appendix issues is very common for kids which I didn't really know until I was experiencing it or had to go get surgery for it and they told me that yeah appendix is very appendix issues is very common for kids a lot of kids don't know that they have they're having issues or they're complaining of tummy problems and sometimes parents don't know that that's what that is or whatnot so honestly that is something I'm gonna be so mindful with my child or kids whatever that if children are complaining of tummy pain and they're crying and it's quite severe do not hesitate to bring them or go get it checked out because you never know honestly you never know Now, going into my experience with it, I honestly thought I was just having, like, pretty bad IBS symptoms. And I actually talked about this in an earlier episode, just about, like, my digestion and having IBS. IBS is, like, super common for a lot of people, especially, like, IBS type of symptoms. So, a lot of time, like, stomach pain just gets ruled out for this. And... So me, I'm like, oh, I've been, my doctor pretty much told me I have IBS. I'm just having like a bad flare up of it. And I, what that was like is like, it went for a whole weekend for me. So I kind of got like progressively worse with time, which was really interesting. And honestly, probably pretty common with appendicitis that people just start to feel progressively worse as the, as it worsens, right? So, yeah, I thought I was having really bad IBS symptoms, and then 
as it progressed, there was one night I woke up crying. It was Saturday night, and I wake up just bawling my eyes out. Like, my stomach hurts so bad. I have a hot water bottle to it. Why isn't it going away? And in that moment, I think it was like one in the morning, I was so tempted to be like, I need to go to the hospital. Like, this is not normal. At least, like, they could give me some heavy-duty painkillers or something. Like, Jesus. Terrible. And then... But I knew I didn't want to do that because I'd actually taken a laxative. So really common for me with with having IBS or digestive issues is I would take a laxative every once in a while to just help or when I was experiencing like really bad symptoms of it. And anyways, I'm like, I know if I go to the hospital, they're not going to, they're not going to do anything for me. They're going to say like, you need to use the washroom, you'll be fine. And... Yeah, so I already felt like I knew what the outcome was going to be, so I decided to try and go back to sleep, which I thankfully was able to, and then in the morning, I went to go use the bathroom, and I go to the bathroom, and as I'm going, I just feel like a sharp, jabbing pain, and I had this pain before, but it was getting worse, like as trying to use, as you're trying to use the bathroom, it's like jabbing you, like I swear, it feels like a knife. Like, put a knife to the top of your skin and, like, dig in a little bit. Like, that's what it would feel like, but very deep inside you. And this always happens, or this was happening on the right side. So, that's where I felt the pain, but when you push on it, it definitely transfers across the whole stomach. And something that was interesting for me is it starts in the it started in the front of the stomach and kind of migrated its way to the side. So that's another thing is like at first it was in the front of my stomach. I'm like, I'm just having intestinal issues, whatever. And then it migrated. So yeah, after going to the bathroom and still having sharp pain, that's when I was like, I should probably go get this checked out just in case. And whenever, I don't know if this happens to you whenever I'm experiencing anything, any kind of symptoms, my immediate reaction is to Google it. (laughs) And it's not necessarily wrong to do that because that's kind of how we get like a good idea of, okay, well, I'm having these symptoms. These are all the possible things it could be. And I think that it is valuable to look at that, but I definitely Googled my symptoms and thought, okay, this could be this. But for some reason, I was like, I don't know if it is. And the pain started to kind of go away after I had gone to the hospital. So I'm like, like, did I make a mistake coming here? I'm too far committed at this point. So it's, I was there. I got there like 10 a.m. I probably saw a doctor around noon. And then they had to uh, do some scans and whatnot. So what they did for me is they actually thought it could be endometriosis or or sorry, not not endo, but more specifically just like cysts, which I think is endometriosis. But anyways, they pretty much are like, this is what it could be because you're also a woman and whatnot, but let's do a CT scan just in case. And it was so bizarre. Like a CT scan you only see, I only, I've only ever seen it in the movies. So to have to go and experience this myself, I was so nervous. I started crying. I'm getting put in this tube. It is, it is the tube. I feel like I've seen it a lot in like people getting cancer treatments. And I think my, I've had family who have done that too, but I get put into this tube and you have to put your hands up 
above your head, like you're going to do like a swan dive into this tube where it feels extremely claustrophobic. And I'm going to be real. I'm an adult. But in that moment, I thought, I just want my someone here, like a parent or something. In that moment is, is when I felt like I wanted to find parental comfort. And I thought, I'm kind of just want to be a child again in this moment and have someone to there and support me. Um, I definitely had my partner, which I'm really grateful for. But in that moment, like nothing beats like when you're just taken care of by a parent, right? So I go into this uh, CT scan, this claustrophobic tube, and they inject you. They injected me. This is what they did for me. Injected me with, I think it was iodine, but this fluid through an IV that warms up your whole body. At least it did for me. It felt like a giant hot flash. Probably, I don't know what a hot flash feels like, but it felt like how I imagine it to be. And then it feels like you're going to pee yourself. (laughs) And the doctor told me, or the radiologist, she says, don't worry, you're not peeing yourself. (laughs) And thankfully she was right. But it definitely feels like you are. And apparently what this does is it like lights up your stomach or something or just like your all your organs inside so that they can see. I honestly would love to see the CT scan, which I think I might be able to. So I might go do that and maybe I'll post pictures if I can. Because I'd love to know what what an actual appendix with appendicitis looks like from, from a CT scan. Like that would just be so cool. So yeah, I come out of this and I'm thankfully it didn't take super long to get these results. And I think that's because when someone's experiencing appendicitis, like it can be really it can literally be in a medical emergency. Like if I was sep, I could be going to sepsis for all I know, but thankfully that was not the case. It didn't rupture. Um, it Yeah, it didn't rupture. So um, that was good. But they put a quite an urgent, an urgency to it. Now, living in Canada, I am blessed to be able to just walk into an emergency room and get care. I mean, they'll give you care, I imagine, anywhere, but to not have to pay for this care is ultimately a relief. And the only downfall, one of the pretty, like, I don't know if it's the only downfall, but the most recognizable downfall is that sometimes it can take hours waiting in these environments, so like walk-in clinics, hospitals, whatnot. But I was so grateful that they put a semi emergence to it so I probably found out around three so like five six hours after being there that that was the case they put me into like a surgical gown immediately then they're like okay the surgeon's gonna come talk to you and I'm like I just found out I have appendicitis and I need surgery (laughs) and then they say the surgery is happening in the same day and I'm like what the hell what do you mean it's happening in the same day they go, this thing's pretty common. It it It's a same-day surgery. And I'm like, I don't even have time to process this. This was just supposed to be an average Sunday. Like a Sunday, I rest and I get ready for work the next day and not getting ready to go for surgery. So I was, I don't know, I feel like I was in a sense of denial and confusion for a little while. 
I'm really glad that I went because I needed to know that I was experiencing this, obviously. But yeah, so the surgical resident come down, comes down and talks to me and they go, have you been under anesthetic before? Have you had surgeries before? Blah, blah, blah. I'm getting interrogated. And then he says, you're going to need to sign these consent forms. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow, this is my first adult emergency where I do not have parents to take care of me and to make these decisions. Like, it is you don't realize how adult you are until you're faced with medical emergencies and you don't have anyone there to take care of you or like you have to make these decisions for your health. And, and I mean, I've obviously done that before, but this was so different in my mind because they ultimately did say like, I can go home with this and risk rupture (laughs) if I want. And I'm like, that does not sound like I'm like this is not very convenient for me to get a surgery right now but it doesn't sound like it's a very good idea for me to risk rupture so yeah I'm like okay well I guess I have to get a surgery right now and then I'm thinking oh my god like what is this recovery like and he goes it's pretty minor you're gonna have like three little little incisions um where we're going to go in there, just kind of like take your appendix out. Happens within like an hour or two in surgery and then you're recovering right away. Some people go home the same night. I'm like, go home the same night? What the hell is this? I'm like, okay, it's going to be pretty minor then. And I don't think the doctor did a good job of preparing me for it. Now, it was fair, like he was right. Three little incisions. When I got to take off my surgical tape, which, P.S., they gave me surgical tape, not stitches. When I got to take it off and I saw the little incisions, I was like, oh, wow, like, that's it? That's all I, That's all it is? Like, it really wasn't that, like, invasive, I would say. It was done laparoscopically, so it's not, they're not cutting me, like, a giant line into you and sucking it out. But it was extremely painful And recovery has been honestly a bitch (laughs) to some level. It is week two and I'm finally gaining like more self-independence, but I still have so many side effects. And I think that this is from the anesthesia. So apparently I had thought I had been under anesthesia before, but they said it was only local. So I've had like sinus surgery before and then I've also had my wisdoms out. And they say that that's local anesthesia, which I was surprised that even like a surgery for sinuses was local anesthesia, but he said it must have been. What they do, and I don't know if this this applies to like all gut surgeries, but I've heard that it's similar um, for someone who had their gallbladder removed also, is that they actually pump your stomach with CO2. So they blow up your stomach so that they can obviously see better inside of you and probably stick all their tools inside of you, which is also freaking gross. Anyways, they stick all your tools inside you, but they pump you with CO2 and then you get intubated. And what (laughs) I'm like, you're going to shove a tube down my throat? And they're like, yeah, no one told you. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, no, what the frick? Like, you have to intubate me? And they said, yeah, it's anesthesia. Like, you're going to be out and on a ventilator. And I'm like, what the fudge? Anyways, they did not prepare me well enough for, like, actually what 
anesthesia does to your body. And it is pretty crazy because this is something that completely knocks you out. I, you obviously have no recollection. You completely miss time. Like, you could be... It's like assisted death, honestly. Like, you could... If you're experiencing something major and you need to go to surgery for, like, freaking 20 hours or something, like, you would have no recollection of that time. You would just fall asleep and be gone. Like, that's just insane to me. Or, like, you go to sleep and the next thing you know, you're waking up. And I think that's – it's kind of scary, but – which I was kind of scared. Like, you're going – you're going – being put to sleep, essentially, in a cold room with people that you don't know and – yeah, for something minor, but things that we think are minor a lot, like, stuff does happen. There's always a risk. And, yeah, like, that was, that was a scary moment, honestly. But what they didn't prepare me was for those side effects and the stuff that I didn't realize was going to come after. And when I woke up, I had pretty bad like shakes and I'm like is this from the drugs or something (laughs) like it was almost as if it was like leg tremors so like when the leg like my legs just couldn't relax so they just kept shaking and it's not quite like chills because chills like I kind of get that but I get it across my whole body but this was just my legs and I I've had this feeling before when I've had pretty bad anxiety and I think that this is what I've had when I've had an anxiety attack so like maybe that's kind of what I was experiencing but they said it was from the anesthesia so that was my first side effect second is that because your stomach was blown up obviously there's a lot of disconnection in your abdomen so like you're cutting through deep layers of your abs all of them to get to your insides so when that also happened is I'm guessing that a lot of the rib the abdomen muscle actually lifts off the ribs so I obviously had so much soreness, bruising, like, not my ribs, but where my incisions were. But what I do get sometimes now is rib pain. And I don't know if this will just, hopefully it will, but it'll just subside with itself. But it feels as if there's just, like, the rib is just bruised or um, pulled a little bit. So yeah, that's been extremely uncomfortable. And then obviously like the points of incision, I didn't, was not able to fully sit up on my own until like day four. So I couldn't actually sit up without having pain. And then I think it was like day five. I'm like, okay, I can sit up. Like I still have pain. So I can only last like an hour or two. And then walking, like I could walk. They recommended walking because you have to actually pass the gas that goes inside of you. It is, yeah, it's so weird. You have to pass through, like, burping, farting, going to the bathroom, like, all that good stuff. (laughs) And it's actually painful to do it. So, like, I'm so blessed to be able to go to the bathroom without pain. But, like, having to actually brace your core, sneezing, coughing, laughing (laughs) was not fun for the first, like, week Um, I think after five days, it was a lot better. Like, I would say five days is where I saw, like, my most improvements. Um, after five days, it was like, oh my god, now every day I feel, like, so much better. Um, 
but yeah, like your week one from your week two is like a very big difference. And now just like some extra like things that I'm trying, not trying to, but um, that I'm kind of recovering from definitely is uh, just definitely stamina. Like, of course, like I can't walk for too long um, at this point without having experiences like a little bit of nausea and a little bit of lightheadedness or like vertigo. I've been feeling a little bit of vertigo or like random dizziness or just feeling like I'm a little bit loopy or um, like the ground, like I'm moving, but I'm not moving. It's really weird. I don't know. I'm really hoping that this is not going to be like a longer term side effect, but side effect. But they said that a lot of the things you're going to experience can be within a four week window. So I'm really hoping that that passes because I don't like living like that. I'm a very active person. I'm a productive person and having things that like physically limit limit me, especially for like long periods of time. This is the first time I probably had something like like this where it's limited me definitely within my times of uh where I've been an active adult or even an active teenager that this is something that actually is has to put me back for a period of time where I I can't even do the laundry over. I can't bend down. So, yeah. I can bend down and I can do laundry as of today. At least I'm starting to do that sort of stuff. And I, But I don't think it's... I'm not at the point of doing repetitions of it every day. So, yeah. This week, as I'm uh, past two weeks and I'm kind of like on the third week of recovery... I'm definitely going to start incorporating more rehabilitation into my life. So I was definitely recommended to do some like pelvic floor type of things because I've been getting a lot of back pain um, from not bracing the core. So if you're someone who ever gets a lot of back pain, sometimes, usually it's from the lack of bracing of the core. So if you're sitting a lot, you start to lose disconnection of your core Um, if you're someone who just like goes about walking, but you're not ever someone who's consciously thinking about bracing your core, you're probably getting a lot of lower back pain. And this is something that I've been getting because obviously I haven't been able to like fully squeeze my core without pain or like, I don't know, I get, I got scared that I was going to like start bleeding out of my wounds or something, even though they looked closed, you know, it's still like, I don't know, enough pressure you probably could. That's probably why they say don't lift anything heavy for four weeks. That would be absolutely traumatizing if all of a sudden, like, I started bleeding out. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Thankfully, I'm taking it easy. But, yeah, like, I can't lift anything heavy for four weeks. So I'm out of the gym. And I want to say that I've actually been feeling pretty good about it. There has been some days that I look in the mirror and I'm like, uh, uh, I'm not feeling the best. Like, I'm not looking my best, but I'm like, honestly, I'm recovering. Like, I'm just trying to go about not feeling in pain. So going and critiquing myself right now is not going to do me any purpose or serve me any good because I can't even, like, tie my shoes right now. Like, what the hell am I to go judge myself for not working out? It's definitely 
important to me to go work out, but I want to say that like I've kind of outgrown outgrown the need to criticize myself for not doing it or um, the way that my body looks because honestly, it's just, I have to appreciate what it just went through or like the recovery process. The fact that you I can go through something like this, and I'm sure this goes for anyone, you know, childbirth, like holy shit, your body just went through this major life change and literally gave life and it has to go through a process of love and restorativeness before you can start pushing it and um, doing those things again because honestly it just deserves rest and recovery at this point I am I really would like to get into like maybe some deep stretch yoga this week uh, I'm thinking more so towards the end of the week so like three full weeks and I think I'll be feeling real good by then to do that but definitely won't be lifting weights for a while I probably like two months before I even um get into like heavier stuff because I need to master my body weight and I need to lift some light stuff because if I'm having any type of vertigo or uh nausea or dizziness like I should not be lifting weights I need to make sure that is in the clear before I go back to it so yeah This is your reminder to listen to your body and in more ways than one. Listen to your body when it needs rest and recovery as far as if you're healing from something mentally or physically that you think you deserve or your body deserves and needs more time to heal, then really honor that. Rest and recovery is essential so that you can ultimately have better life function for longer. So, yeah. And listen to your body when it's experiencing things that don't seem quite right. And I think that it's worth it to go get it checked out if that is the case for you. Because you honestly never know when something could be happening to you. You never know. And you don't want to risk waiting too long to figure something out. You always want to be proactive as and preventative as opposed to have to actually go through something that I could have prevented it prevented hopefully that makes sense I'm gonna end the episode here uh if you listen to this whole thing bless your soul I appreciate you I did my Spotify wrapped for the podcast and I was so excited. It just, I had hundreds of percentage in growth of audience and that's because where I was at the end of last year, I had only just started. I was like two months into making my podcast where as this time I have been making podcasts for over a year now. So it felt really good to see all the engagement, um, in the beautiful, like, Spotify wrapped presentation that they gave me. And, yeah, I'm really trying to brainstorm what it is that I want from this podcast. And I really do just want to create a community and a place for people to listen and find comfort in whether it's my stories or my life experience or uh, some of the tips and wisdom that I've learned and I'm able to share from my education or experiences or other people's experiences. I think that there's a lot of comfort to have in audio like this through a podcast. And I don't know what category I put myself in. 
When I first made the podcast, I definitely put myself in a self-help category because I thought that that best suited kind of who I am as a person of service for others. And I do still think that's true, but this is definitely turning more into a lifestyle podcast. And that's definitely something that I like to listen to uh, or watch on YouTube also is uh, lifestyle. And I'm going to continue to talk about my life because... I don't see it as being not useful for other people to listen to experiences, you know? I'm just a average 23-year-old living her best life and trying to help others live their best life. So, yeah, I'm in the middle of a rebranding phase, and I don't know what that means quite yet, but... I'm committed to my growth. I'm committed to the growth of this podcast. We could end up with a rename at some point. And yeah, if you have any ideas of things that are really important to you and that you want me to speak on, please do leave them um, as a message to me. You can message me on Instagram or you can send me an email, whatever you want to do to get your idea across. But I'm sure I would love to talk about it. I'd love to share some advice and tips or a story time about anything that you're interested in. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, and yeah, hopefully another episode to come really soon.